Hey there, I'm Colin Weston, host of the Mod Golf Podcast. We wrapped up season 10, and since then, many of you have reached out to me asking, when are you going to be publishing more episodes? So I'm here to let you know that after more than four years and 120 episodes, we took the last month off to develop our 11th season, which will launch early January. In the meantime, I've put together a recap of our previous season to give you a taste of the dozen engaging conversations that we published. Last season, we gave you a diverse group of inspirational golf innovation and community building stories, ranging from YouTube golf influencer Matt Fisher, aka Mr. Short Game, to golf entrepreneur Jihei Lee, co-founder and CEO of Sportsbox AI. Over the next 20 minutes, I'll provide you with a quick soundbite from each episode that I hope piques your interest so that you'll go back and listen to the ones you like most. To open up Season 10 of the Mod Golf Podcast, we shook things up a little bit by doing something I've been planning for a while, and that thing was to have me step aside from the microphone so that a guest host could take over the controls. On this episode, former guest Dr. Greta Anderson takes the hosting duties for an energetic conversation with Golf Hers founder, Kelly Hunt, to learn about her golf entrepreneurship journey that inspires women to build a career in the golf industry. A lot of times when you're starting out, it's not the most lucrative job, as you probably know, but it is probably the most rewarding job I think I could have. The fact that you can change lives with the game of golf and you need to pursue that. Like this is pretty much your calling and you're going to make a really big difference. So believe in yourself, have confidence and go after it as much as you can, because that's where I find myself now. I have no regrets about the journey so far, and I'm just so excited to be at a young age and know that this career and this golfers growing the game, growing the industry is pretty much what I was meant to do. Someone reached out to me a couple weeks ago just saying, hey, can I get a couple golfers pins? Like, I know you have pins. I'd love to give them to my ladies guests Mm -hmm. that are visiting my club and share the story. And the support, that's definitely what keeps me going. And it's just nice to know that people are out there seeing this, reading this, being inspired by it, because that's the whole goal of this. If it's when I'm 60 and retiring, if we can get more women, get to that mm. 50% number in the industry, that would be like, That'd okay, be, that's I've amazing. I think we're going to get there. I love the fresh insights that Dr. Greta brought to this conversation with Kelly so much that I asked her to host the first episode of our upcoming season 11. Thankfully, she said yes which resulted in the inspirational episode with paragolfer and entrepreneur Deborah Smith that will release on January 4th. Next up, I spoke with Matt Fisher, the host and creator of the very popular Mr. Short Game YouTube channel, which now has over 280,000 subscribers. I've been watching Mr. Short Game videos for a couple of years now, and I love Matt's infectious positivity and genuine appreciation for his viewers. I reached out to one of our previous guests for an introduction, and after our initial conversation, Matt jumped on board to share how his entrepreneurial recipe of focus, consistency, authenticity, and willingness to give back first has positioned his business for exponential growth. There was a point I had to turn down freelance jobs. My last freelance job was with Disney, but they made YouTube videos, and that's really when I said, wait a second here, this is what I need to be doing when I'm not working. About a year and a half later, I'm at a point where I'm thinking, okay, you've got to let that go so that this can grow. So then that was really tough because we had financially just been scraping by just Mm. grace of God. Like we don't know how we made it some months. And then finally my YouTube channel, it's right on that cusp. I told my wife, I said, Jenny, here's the numbers. Here's where it's gone over the last few months. If I let go of all my freelance work, this could really take off. So that was a scary point, but I got to do it. I'm not not going to mention somebody because they don't pay me. 
I'm going to mention things or shout outs or whatever because it's a good product. And so I'm doing stuff like that all the time. And I think that's something that I've learned along the way is, hey, just be giving first. Don't expect or don't try to always get stuff. The right things will come along. The universe has a way of giving back if you're a giving person. But if you're greedy, stingy, forget it. Nothing good is really going to happen. The COVID pandemic has impacted every profession and industry sector, with live sporting events being hit particularly hard. RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford joined us for Episode 3 to share how his experience as a pro football player and team builder in several sports businesses has refined his ability to create world-class golf events during both prosperous and difficult times. I've always been in the camp of like, we'll return to kind of pre-pandemic because our industry and think us as humans, we kind of crave that interaction. We crave those shared experiences. That's what we try to deliver with the RBC Can Open, that opportunity for a shared experience. The willingness to look at what other organizations were doing, what other golf tournaments were doing, what other businesses were doing, and try to apply that to our experience. Now we've got a template that we've unfortunately had to put on the shelf the last couple of years. And that's created a whole other opportunity for new innovation. But we've got something that we feel really strongly about once we have the opportunity to come back and be able to run with. And we drive over $82 million of economic activity out of the RBC Canadian Open. That's significant. Never mind like $2 million that we leave with charity and community organizations that we work with. So there's recognition of how important those are in providing support to organizations like ourselves to invest in new enhancements is wildly beneficial to an organization like ours that would have to do it much more slowly or perhaps not at all. I love this quote that Brian shared with us during our conversation. I've always been in the camp of we'll return to pre-pandemic conditions because as humans, we crave the interaction of shared experiences. That is what we strive to deliver with the RBC Canadian Open. As you know, I love to hear stories and learn from both new and accomplished entrepreneurs on the Mod Golf Podcast. On episode four, I had the pleasure of speaking with a seasoned entrepreneur who has founded several successful business ventures. Tom Cox, co-founder and CEO at GolfBalls.com, shared the story of how he turned an aha moment into a scalable, sustainable business. The aha moment came when I was interviewing web developers to develop a website for the country club. And that same week, I had a meeting with the guys that dive in the lakes to pull the balls out of the ponds, reclaim those balls. Right. And the aha moment happened sometime at the end of that week. And I said to myself, wow, what if we combine the guys that are diving in the ponds, make a deal with them to do fulfillment. I work with the web developer to create an e-commerce website and we start selling used golf balls online. And so that was really the aha moment in second half of 95, put the team together in late 95 and launched in very early 96 golfballs.com. We took our viable hobby and turned it into a minimum viable business, and it just grown consistently annually since then. Golfballs.com is headquartered in Lafayette, Louisiana, and Tom passionately gives back with both his time and resources to support the startup community in the city that he calls home. It became evident early on during our conversation that there's a lot more to Tom and his business model than just golf balls. So how does the Indianapolis 500, European styling, and a Seinfeld catchphrase help differentiate and define a new premium women's golf apparel brand? Lisa O'Hurley, CEO and founder of Lola Sport, joined us for episode five to share the value that partnerships and timing play in launching a successful entrepreneurial endeavor. When COVID hit, spring of 2020, Golfino hit on some hard times because they had so many freestanding stores. 
so they had over 30 freestanding stores that all of a sudden had to be closed down and right. they ended up selling the brand and when they sold the brand it affected all of us and it certainly affected us in America i was getting phone calls like crazy from the country clubs from the members what's going on with golfino can we get it after a couple weeks of that and sitting over some dinners with my husband it dawned on me that you know what if you were ever going to create a ladies premium golf brand now is the time because there was all of a sudden a hole in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And that hole is what I created, by the way. Right, right. Being able to get Golfino into all of these clubs and have the support that we did. Now, all of a sudden, there was a need for it, for something similar. So we had a market to go out to. I was fortunate that I still had the sales team that I had. I had customers who would talk to me and who trusted me. And I had connections in Europe for a design team and production team. So I had a lot of pieces to the puzzle that I had unknowingly been working on for seven years, not knowing exactly that it would translate into Lola Sport. We titled Lisa's episode, Looking Outside the Golf Box to Build a Premium Golf Brand. And after listening to the conversation, you will understand why. Next on episode six, titled Pivoting Your Business Model to Create New Customer Value, I chat with Tommy Southworth, President and COO of Southworth Development. Tommy shared how they also look outside the traditional golf sphere to create unexpected experiences and magical moments that appeal to both their existing membership and a new audience. So we came back together into this company two years ago with this generational change in mind and have been able to partner together to take this incredible portfolio of communities and this incredible company and the people and the values that it represents and really shine a new lens on it with significantly different backgrounds than golf course developers. And we're familiar with the business. We grew up in it. We waited tables here and cut the greens here growing up. But to be able to go spend our time in consulting and finance and come back and look at this portfolio and try to think about where we want to move it to, that's been the the challenge and the opportunity, what I sort of live and breathe right now. An experience, a memory, something very social, and just frankly, something new. That's the direction we're, we're trying to steer the ship in is, is provide those experiences, whether it's on our golf course, modifying our golf course, certainly not ripping up anything. We add par three courses to our golf course sometimes so that you can play holes in new ways and play a one hour, six hole, nine hole, par three course round of golf. We're pushing the envelope in terms of leveraging our existing spaces in new ways, getting people together in new ways and creating great memories and new experiences. Before we continue, I want to thank Golf Genius Software for helping bringing you this recap episode. Golf Genius Software powers tournament management at thousands of private clubs, public courses, resorts, and golf associations all over the world. So if you're a golf course operator who wants to do less work, have more fun, and generate more revenue, check them out online at golfgenius.com. So what do the photocopier and golf simulator businesses have in common? Ron Powers, head of Top Golf Swing Suite Division at Full Swing Simulators, Join me on episode 7 to connect the dots and share how they survived and thrived during tumultuous times. Ron describes how they embraced the art of nimble amnesia that allows him and his team to learn from negative outcomes and then leave them in the past. So about the middle of July, a lot of sleepless nights. I woke up on a Friday evening just in a panic, cold sweats. What is going on? How do I save the business? And I thought, gosh, if I could bundle this up and get it out from underneath Topgolf, is there a way that I could sell this business perhaps to Ryan and allow him to operate it? He's got the resources. He's got the expertise. He certainly knows the simulator space. It's his technology after all. 
So I called Ryan that Saturday morning and we crafted a wacky plan to sell the business to Full Swing and let them operate it. And then we shared in the revenue that was generated from the current install base. And then we share in the revenue of any new installs. Dolph Burley, the CEO of Topgolf at the time, and William Davenport, the CFO, liked the idea. They liked the fact that we could keep the brand alive, maintain the same level of service, and there would be a healthy revenue stream coming out of it. Not as grand as it was pre-COVID, but at least it kept it alive. And that's what we ended up doing. Ron is a good friend and was my very first Mod Golf Podcast episode guest back in May 2017, who at the time was the Chief Digital Officer at Topgolf. Ron updated us on the last four years of his entrepreneurial journey, from the euphoric high of scaling a new business unit to the crushing low of having it completely shut down by a global pandemic, and then how they successfully reimagined a business in order to save it. On episode 8, I had a conversation with Chris Noble, manager for NextGen Golf's National High School Golf Association. Chris joined us to talk about the meaningful work that he passionately takes on with the PG of America and the support that he provides for the LGBTQ plus community. Who would have ever thought this kid who grew up in one of the poorest parts of the country would be on a national stage playing at Pinehurst and, and competing for a national title or a national event. When you hear stories such as that, it makes it so worthwhile. And we love the fact that, hey, there are players who are different races, different nationalities, different cultures, backgrounds, even like you mentioned, sexual orientation and, and gender identities too. And for me, being able to make that awareness for the event, it's like, hey, here's somebody that, you know what, it's not everything. Identify obviously as a gay male, but I'm much more than that. But also being able to be myself and have some of that awareness because I know when I was in high school, I would have loved to see anybody, whether it's somebody running a tournament I was playing in or a PGA or LPGA tour player who was out and living their life and being who they truly are. So I'd like to say, in, in some way, shape, or form, we're able to let these kids and these teams know that be who you are, it's okay to be yourself and swing your swing and play your game. You don't have to fit in this one box that I think historically golf has really fit in, or at least given that notion for so many years. I love and fully support the work that Chris and his team put in to let teenagers know that it's okay to be yourself, swing your swing, and play your game. Next on episode 9, we caught up with another return guest, as Mark Simon, event vice president for PGA Golf Exhibitions with RX Global, Join us to share how they transformed their golf event business during a global pandemic by embracing an innovator's mindset. We really focused on three different areas. The one-to-one -one connections, some kind of marketplace for exhibitors, whether it was transactional or not, but being able to showcase their goods and services, and then the educational piece, and then trying to improve those elements through time, while also offering something experiential to keep people connected and engaged. It also forced us to be more entrepreneurial. Mm. A lot of times big corporations are not. Nope. <laughs> we definitely had to think fast, and yep. we definitely had to take a lot more risks and not be afraid to fail. So I think that was really, really important. We try to encourage that on our team. If we try something new and it doesn't work, that's absolutely okay. As long as you learn from that and improve the next time, then that's completely okay. And sometimes at a big company too, there's not that culture of trying new things and that it's okay to fail. Because if you fail and you learn from it, that could be the, the next greatest big success. So really, really important from a cultural perspective to think more entrepreneurial, to take more risks, and then to celebrate those successes and those failures. More importantly, the failures. Mark and his team at RX Global will be staging the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando last week of January 2022, in person for the first time in two years. 
The 2022 edition will be a hybrid event, as they will be staging virtual content both live and on demand to complement the show at the Orange County Convention Center. I plan to be there all week and will be broadcasting live, along with collecting golf innovation stories for a couple of Season 11 episodes. During my time working with Topgolf as an experienced design consultant, I had the good fortune to collaborate with many amazing people like Ron Powers. Another inspiring person that I have worked with there and have tried for several years to bring on the Mod Golf podcast is Jihei Lee. Now that Jihei has moved on from her tenure at Topgolf and has jumped into the startup world as co-founder and CEO of Sportsbox AI, I finally managed to have her join us to share the transformational journey from pro athlete to sport tech entrepreneur. Along the way, lots of ups and downs. Being a professional athlete is not easy, and especially in an individual sport where you are an entrepreneur, you have to pay for all of your travel, your caddies, all the expenses, and try to earn a living net positive at the end of the year. But in the end, I decided, hey, I've got this great experience. I made some great friends out here, but I don't think this is where I want to end up. I'd like to take what I've learned and apply it to something in business. I'm the kind of person who, for better or worse, doesn't think too hard about whether it's all going to be a perfect outcome. I just trust myself enough to say, I'll dive in. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, it'll still be a great experience and I'll figure it out. Hopefully it set me up for success in what I'm doing now. On episode 11, Augustine Pisa, founder and architect at Pisa Golf Design, joins us to discuss the importance of design thinking and its impact on new golf experiences. Eventually, when I graduated from architecture, I said, why can't I mix now golf? So every single afternoon now I went to practice golf and now I got it. Now I got the nature of it. Now I got the patience of it. Now I got the 360 degrees of the golf course, the trees, the atmosphere, the freshly cut grass. I started to feel it. And that was my sign to fusion, my two passions, architecture and sports through golf architecture. And since then, I did not look back. For more than two decades, Augustine has challenged golf norms and redefined golf facilities with his award-winning designs. He has worked with legends of the game and his world-class developments attracted interest to design and indoor golf entertainment experience. Give this full episode a listen to hear Augustine talk about his design collaboration on the upcoming NextLink's eGolf Arena. On our final Season 10 episode, the PGA of America's Chief Innovation Officer, Arjun Chowdhury, joins us to share where the organization is and where they are going. We learned about the design process and status of their new headquarters in Frisco, Texas, how his work with the professional cricket Indian Premier League has helped shape the opportunities he sees in the golf industry, and much more. My role is anything that's growth-oriented for the organization. So that includes international technology investments and acquisitions, which included our first acquisition, which was NextGen Golf. On the innovation, we do have this effort, an innovation fund, and the idea goes central to our mission, to grow the game and serve our members. As we thought about that, we realized that we can do a lot more to help drive innovation in the game that can benefit the membership. The way we look at it is two areas. It's more of the near term, which is sports and golf organizations already playing in this space. And then the other area we look at, which is a little bit further away, is companies outside of the sports and golf space that we believe could be transformative 
there is a lot of technologies and services and innovations in other industries that can really help the golf industry. And they tend not to come to the golf industry either because they just don't think about us or they tend to come 10 years late or some other company comes with inferior copycat tech, right? Right. And so we're out there, knock on their doors and say, hey, think about us. There's a business to be had for you and we're gonna help you knock down some of the walls of complexity. Well, I hope that you're now inspired to go back and listen to a couple of full episodes based on what you just heard from our 12 season 10 guests. I included links to all of these episodes in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you to find the ones that intrigue you most. To make sure you get the alert when new episodes drop, please consider subscribing to the Mod Golf Podcast on either iTunes, Spotify, or on our show homepage. To enter our latest Mod Golf giveaway contest, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and our YouTube channel for a chance to win golf products that I review. I want to thank our generous sponsor partners, Golf Genius Software and British Columbia Golf, who without their continued support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these inspirational, impactful, and educational stories. I now need to get back to recording our next season of conversations with the influencers, entrepreneurs, and disruptors who are shaping the future of golf. I hope you'll join us for season 11 in early January as we continue to explore how golf industry innovators are surviving and thriving during these turbulent times. Until then, I wish you, your friends, and your family a safe and happy holiday season. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you again in 2022. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Bye for now.